Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 138 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I chat with the fabulous Jill from Sober Powered. Jill is a podcast host and also has a YouTube channel, and she is helping you to embrace sobriety with science. Jill walks us through her personal recovery story, and it is quite amazing. This was such a fabulous conversation, so let's get into it. So you're an established sober girl. Now it is time to become part of the solution. We need you more than ever. A Sober Girls Guide coaching certification and business training is the only custom design program for women who are in recovery who want to turn their passion into a successful career and profitable business. That's right. I'm talking about building your own coaching practice. This is the program you've been waiting for. It is time for you to finally bridge the gap between your passion and a profitable career. Head to a SoberGirlsGuide.com and sign up today. Jill, how are you? What's going on? Where in the world are you? (laughs) I'm good, thanks. Uh, Yeah, I'm in Boston, um, so kind of far from you. (laughs) A little bit far, just, uh, you know, across the country, no big deal, (laughs) just different coasts. And what's Boston like? How's Boston doing with this whole pandemic stuff? How was that going down for you? Yeah, so we were pretty bad in the beginning um, with the whole Biogen outbreak that happened in Boston, but it hasn't been so bad for the second wave. Um, We went back yesterday to masks at work, which was kind of sad, but it doesn't seem horrible right now. It's not completely hopeless. Yeah, we're not shut down, just masked. Okay, cool. Well, that's nice to hear. I always like to know, I, I always check in because everyone is in and it's so cool. I get to talk to everyone in all parts of the world and it's very different, you know, how this is affecting different states, different countries. 
It's really interesting. Yeah. And some places shut down and others don't. And, and sometimes you forget not everybody has the same rules as wherever you live. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, So Jill, I want to talk about sober powered and your podcast and your YouTube channel and all that good stuff. But first and foremost, I would love to know more about your recovery journey and, and what that looks like for you. Like what was Jill before alcohol? or before sobriety, I should say, (laughs) before alcohol, before sobriety. So like BS Jill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I refer to her as drunk Jill. She has her own, her own um, persona, but yeah. Um, She liked to party. She was a daily drinker. Yeah. And uh, my husband is a normal social drinker who can control himself and switch to water And he liked to party with me, um, except I would never stop (laughs) and he would. And I always, you know, it was a big problem for me that I couldn't understand why he could and I couldn't. Um, Yeah, yeah, but I I started drinking later um, after college. Actually, I didn't drink during college. And as soon as I started, it was like a big issue for me. I didn't like slowly develop anything. it was like a problem from my very first drink. Like my first drink ever was when I was 18. I was on a cruise in, um, in Bermuda and the drinking age is 18. I had my parents' permission. It was legal on the cruise for me to have a drink. And I had one glass of wine. And as soon as I got that first little buzz, mm. I was instantly hit with shame And like, I'm a bad person. Yeah. Very first drink. I'm bad. I'm doing something wrong. I lectured my brother who was with me. He was 16. I was like, promise me you'll never drink. Like, I really thought I did something wrong, even though I didn't didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with, I had one glass of wine, like half a glass (laughs) before the shame set in. Right. I wonder why, like, have you ever kind of figured out why that happened or what, what spurred that on with those feelings and emotions? Yeah. So I associate being drunk with being bad and Uh, it took like some reflection later because eventually in my story, like that, that whole idea spirals when I get drunk, like every day. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, I associated being drunk with being bad. And I guess I just wasn't expecting, like, I didn't know how a buzz felt. It was my first drink. And I thought, like, this is wrong. Um, You're not supposed to do this. I think I took that whole stigma where, like, you can drink moderately, but once you're drunk, like, you're a loser. I think I took that to the extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And because I had, like, a little flood, like, I wasn't drunk on half a glass of wine. Right. But I had that little flutter. And I was like, oh my God, I did what you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Um, like, did yeah. you feel out of control? Like, did you feel like, yeah, I, I guess it would be control, it would be the, the feeling there. Like, if you were out of control, like, anything could happen. And yeah. It could be bad. Like that's like a gateway for bad things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it was scary. And then I didn't drink again for a while. Um, In college, I was mainly just focused on being as thin as I could be. (laughs) And like thinness and alcohol 
don't mix with each other. No. So that was another reason, right? Yeah. And then you get the drenchies. And um, but then when I went to graduate school after college, everybody drank except for me. Even the professors would drink with us. And I was like, people aren't going to want to be my friend if I don't drink. And that's why I started. That's such an interesting association. Because usually it's like the opposite for people. You know, like, oh, like if I'm not following suit as to everyone else, like, no, why I'm going to be the party pooper. I'm going to be, you know, the Debbie Downer. Like, why would anyone invite me? Why would anyone hang out with me? Yeah, I was because I didn't start drinking until I was 22. Yeah, I was pretty confident going on dates and not drinking and being social and not drinking. Yeah. Um, but then like I was hit with this whole new culture and I was like, I... I got to do it too. Wow. All of a sudden, even though not drinking wasn't like, I didn't have social anxiety about it. I didn't feel weird. Like if I went on a date and a guy ordered a drink and I didn't and care um, because I just didn't drink. But then like something about that environment where like the professors that I look up to, they're drinking with us and Mm. like we're having all these cool parties at school And like everybody went out for drinks after we were done with our lab work. And I was like, I started to feel like I was different. And that's when I started drinking. And I just started like getting what other people would get because I didn't even know like had it like, what do you drink? I don't know. I knew wine made me feel bad about myself. So I didn't start there. Yeah, I would definitely not. (laughs) Oh, my God. I went back to that after, though. But. I started with like Bud Light um, because, yeah. you know, light. So you're saving calories. Totally. Yeah. And that was really important. Um, yeah. But then I think maybe like the third or fourth time I went out drinking with people, I got a, my real buzz on for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, let's go. Like, yeah. this is great. <laughs> Oh my God. So where, where did the shame go? Like, was it, was it kind of sucked up by seeing these people that you look up to and admire and basically equate to being good? Let's just use good for the operative word there. Did that then make drinking okay? And did it take the shame away? That's a really good question. And I've never actually considered that. So thank you. Um, Yeah, I saw drinking in a different light. I think it wasn't like the alcoholics that you see on TV or in the movies that everybody makes fun of. Yeah, I saw like, wow, my professors drink and I really associated like going to school and being successful and getting degrees with like making it in life. Um, So if they're doing it like, wow. And Yeah. And then I just started doing it with everybody else. And then all of a sudden I had no control over it. I'm like, I started throwing up a lot and getting sick. Um, The very first time that I got sick was on a date. (laughs) No. Oh God. I'm I'm scoffing because I'm like, oh, I've been there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I didn't understand like someone had a had a party at a bar they won like this party that we had to pay for it was so expensive and they kept ordering 
Yeah, like you got to have like a private area, but you had to pay for like all your drinks. Okay. Um, so everyone kept ordering redheaded slut shots. And I don't know what's in it, but I know it's Jaeger and like other stuff. Yes. And is it, is it Jaeger and Red Bull and something else? Oh, I hope it's not Red Bull. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. Okay. But yeah. I had a lot. I had so many and people kept handing them to me and I'm like, yeah, like, let's yeah. go. I didn't understand. Like there's a delayed effect when you take a shot, like you're not immediately feeling it. Yeah. And I got so sick in the parking garage with this guy, like, oh my God, it was so bad. It was so bad. And then that oh. stuff would just like continue to happen to me. Like I would yeah. randomly get sick like I was never home it was very rare that I was home to be sick appropriately like I was yeah. always in a parking lot waiting for the subway <laughs> oh that was on Halloween once um, oh shit my husband was there the poor guy but yeah we're waiting for the subway and it's Halloween and it's like packed and I just like collapsed on the platform and started just like unloading my oh. stomach and then I had to sit in the subway car like and everyone knew oh Jesus <laughs> it's so oh. embarrassing and I just kept doing it like I yeah. didn't and it's what not is enough shame, shame right? is no longer existent here Mm-mm. adios <laughs> yeah everybody does this right everyone does it yeah everyone that has a problem with it yeah (laughs) yeah no one else was puking waiting for the subway it was just me yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man I used to puke and then like keep on trucking oh I couldn't do that I would oh yeah I'm just like oh cool I feel better (laughs) party on like what so gross (laughs) such a gross person Eh, it happens okay so you're, you're puking all over the city <laughs> sweet yep, sorry boston yeah. <laughs> uh really putting those city workers and street cleaners to work to good use yep yeah um and then where where did it go from there what happened what's what's the 411 yeah so two years in um so one year in I started drinking every day and Mm. two years in my tolerance doubled so I used to make these um cosmos and it was a pint glass with like 80 percent vodka and then like 10 percent triple sec and like a splash of diet cranberry so it was basically like vodka in a pint glass yeah and then um halfway through the year I started having two a night and I was like that's when I recognized like that's a lot of alcohol man yeah that's a lot and I thought like okay I'm just gonna moderate like I'll just try to moderate and drink less and I'll be cool just cut her down (laughs) yeah I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023 say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. 
Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Totally. Yeah, just drink less and you'll be fine. Just moderate shit. That's cool. Yeah. And that works. I couldn't couldn't moderate um, ever. So Mm -hmm. I tried to moderate for five years and I never, yep, never moderated. It wasn't like I had small successes and was like, I'm on the right path. I never moderated, yeah. but I was like, you're going to figure this out. I used to research it. Um, so sad. Like I used to get drunk and then be like, what's wrong with you? You're such a loser. Why can't you control yourself? Why does this always happen? Yeah. I started threatening myself with sobriety. I'd say like, if you can't figure this out, you're going to have to get sober and everyone's going to call you an alcoholic. And I would talk to myself oh. that way. Yeah. And thinking like that's going to make me moderate. Like, no, it's not. And I would research like, how do you moderate your drinking? How do you drink less? And I tried all these ridiculous things and it never worked no matter what. Um, And then like, as time went on, like I, I started getting more and more and more depressed Mm -hmm. and the shame started getting like much more powerful and Um, that eventually turned into suicidal thoughts Mm. in the last like probably year, year and a half of my drinking, I started getting really suicidal because when you tell yourself you hate yourself, like every day, like I hate you, you're a loser, you're the worst. Why do you do this? Like eventually it just becomes more. And I started saying like awful things to myself. I used to force myself. um, Like when you, get drunk, you pass out. And then you will usually like jolt awake Yeah, in the middle of the night. So I would jolt awake and then I would force myself to stay awake till like 6am or something thinking about what a loser I am and how much I hate myself from like three to 6am multiple times a week. It was like, I was really serious about it. hours serious into like punishing yourself yeah okay you know what you got to make up three hours you're grounded you gotta (laughs) think about this think about what you did yeah yeah definitely oh my gosh it was hard yeah literally yeah literal torture but then I kept thinking I can learn to moderate I'll figure it out I just have to find the right strategy yeah and then um, it was like one random Saturday. We went to brunch and like drank, and then I just kept drinking all day and all night. Mm-hmm. So by you know like ten o'clock at night, when I started at eleven, I'm Ooh. pretty drunk. Yeah, <laughs> and I passed out, whatever. And then I woke up and started again, but it was much more like severe. I started thinking like you should set your husband free. He doesn't deserve this. Like, why are you doing this to him? Like it was more focused on like, I'm ruining his life with my behavior and like, he doesn't deserve this. You're horrible. Like, why are you doing this? And I didn't sleep the whole night. I think I slept like two hours before I woke up 
and my husband is so sweet. He used to sit with me mm-hmm. and try to help me get back to sleep, which means he didn't sleep either for yeah. like a year. <laughs> and um, we were sitting watching the sun come up and I was like, I can't drink for 90 days. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com ASGG. And I... Had I had done one week because I tried to prove I wasn't an alcoholic once a couple years before. So I wasn't an alcoholic because I could do the week. Um, Yes, because a week (laughs) within years makes perfect sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you skip seven days a year, every couple years, you're good. (laughs) You're good to go. Uh huh. Um, So I said 90 because that felt like a lot. Yeah. And the goal, though wasn't to experience sobriety and learn about, you know, whatever the goal was to moderate when I went back to it. So I did the 90 days. I was miserable most of the time, Mm -hmm. but right away I didn't want to do anything bad to myself anymore immediately on day two. Yeah. And for the whole 90 days, I never felt like that. And I was like, Oh my goodness that's not actually me. That's alcohol making me feel that way. Yeah. And like I got a tattoo, all the stuff. And then day 91 was my 29th birthday. And I thought the universe wants me to moderate my drinking. (laughs) This is a sign on your day of birth. Right. Such a special day. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. All right. (laughs) it's a rebirth I like that um so I drank on my birthday and after that I did moderate for the first time in my whole life and I was like look at me I figured it out 90 days man and I like I didn't just moderate like I barely drank I was pumped. I had two glasses of wine on Saturday night and that was it. And I wasn't wow. like, um, like white knuckling it or trying to resist cravings or anything. Yeah. So I really thought like, I figured this out. I am good. I didn't drink at parties. That was like, an, so I would go to parties and not drink, but I was yeah. still drinking and all the stuff. And then we went on vacation 
Uh-oh. And we went on a cruise and we had the drink package. Oh, shit. Okay. And it's a special occasion, right? You can drink on special occasions. You're on a boat. We got free drinks, man. Like, what else? Yeah. What do people do on vacation? They drink from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep, right? Isn't that yeah. what everybody does on vacation? Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to drink how I want. And then I'm going to go back to moderation. And oh, my God, I humiliated myself so many times. It was my first time in Europe. I wanted to do this cruise for like 10 years, humiliated myself so many times. I hiked up Mount Vesuvius in Italy in like the direct sunlight with the most disgusting hangover ever. And that was like the thing I wanted to do. And it was so bad. Um, I had to stop a tour bus. This is actually a story I haven't told um, yet at all, but it's a fun one. Okay, give it to me. Exclusive. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a really bad alcohol pee because I thought we were going right back to the ship after day drinking in Spain all day. Um, But then the tour guide announced like he wanted to do a drive through the bad part of the city to show us, you know, (laughs) No. I don't know. I don't know. I was yeah. like, I thought we were going like, this is how bad show. it could be. Like what, what, <laughs> what do I need to know here? Okay. Yeah. You wanted to show us the sights. Yeah. And like, I was sitting on the bus, like, I'm going to die. I'm going to pee my pants. I'm going to die. I can't. Um, I'm like writhing around in my seat, like drunk. And, and I don't know what everyone on, on the tour bus must have been thinking of me. I was, I probably look like a crazy person. And my husband had to actually ask the guy to stop the bus because I saw a McDonald's and I was like, savior, I can go. Yeah. Golden arch. <laughs> and we ran to the McDonald's. Yeah. And I had to stop the bus to go to the bathroom because I drank so much alcohol and couldn't, couldn't hold it. Yeah. Um, so embarrassing. And just stuff like that happened like almost every day yeah. on the cruise. And then when we got back, I couldn't moderate anymore. And I was drinking every single day. On the weekends, I drank like starting at brunch for the whole day and night. Um, nothing bad happened like on the outside. Like I still had my job that I was doing like fine at, I still had my marriage, I live in a house. Um, But I started feeling really suicidal again, Mm -hmm. because now all of a sudden, like, where did my moderation go? Right. It disappeared. And I want it back. And yeah, the, the thoughts got even scarier. And then I had like the same experience. I had the the brunch, drink all day, drink all night, pass out really early, jolt awake, keep myself up all night thinking about like setting my husband free and then exact same situation watching the sun come up with my husband. And then I was like, I can never drink ever again. And, um, I meant it. Like I just, it was that 90 days, like realizing like, yeah, I had two months of moderation and, whatever but the very first test I went right back and 
like maybe I could, you know, do 10 years sober or something and then moderate for maybe even a year, but like eventually I'm going to be tested and I'm going to fail. Yeah. And there's no like slow descent. It was just like an immediate switch. And yeah, I accepted it like in that moment. And I felt really at peace when I said it. And wow. Yeah. And then day two, right away, I didn't want to do anything bad to myself anymore. And I haven't ever since. And wow. Yeah. So it was, it was scary. I was really horrible to myself. Um, but I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You get to choose not to. Yeah, exactly. That's really, really amazing. Wow. That is quite the story. (laughs) That, I mean, yeah, from moderation to 90 days to God knows, like you've, you've tried it all. You really try to make every excuse and justify and rationalize why drinking is okay. I was so dedicated. (laughs) I tried so hard to moderate. I used to send my husband articles like, look, wine is healthy for you. And it's like one small glass of wine is maybe good for the heart. And I I drank like white wine and rosé. And I was like, wine, if red wine is good for you, then so. So is white wine. <laughs> it's all grapes. What, what, what do you mean? Yeah. And if one small glass is good, 10 big glasses must be really good. <laughs> Incredible for you. Oh my God. Oh no. Super no, healthy. No, no. It, it, isn't that so funny though? Like we always find ways to justify and rationalize shit that we think we want to do or what's good for us. Like, like anything, like I, I could find any article to support anything. I could, I bet I could find an article that like microdosing meth that is actually really good <laughs> for your like productivity. Like, yeah, of course you're literally hopped up on speed. Duh. <laughs> like we can find, or my favorite is when people are like, oh, you know, well, I'm from so-and-so town or I'm from Canada or whatever country. And like, it's just it's just in our blood. It's in our, our nature. It's just what we do. I'm like, when you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to 
OSEAMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. What? It is here too. Like it is everywhere. Yeah. I can say that from anywhere that you live. Literally anywhere, any part of the country, any part of the world, you can justify drinking. Yeah, my my ancestors um, were from Ireland, actually. Back back in the day. Yeah, I mean, everyone was. (laughs) Everyone has some like a piece of something that could be like, oh, that that's it. That's the ticket. That's why I drink, or that's why I should be drinking. It's like, yeah, it's really funny. So, how did sober powered come to be? Um, I just felt like. I could do anything. I was like high on sobriety in the beginning. Like I was so excited that I didn't feel suicidal anymore. Yeah. That I was like, look at me. I can go out. I don't have to humiliate myself anymore. I used to cry after I went out because like it was very stressful in the beginning. But after the crying was over, I felt so proud of myself. So proud. And I was like, I can literally do anything that I want, like anything, because I did this thing. And yeah, and I just felt like so powerful. And that's how I came up with the name Sober Powered. And yeah, yeah, sobriety is just amazing. Not all the time, but most of the time. (laughs) Most of the time. Yeah. A good majority of the time. it's, It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And like you said, having that choice, like, you know, making that choice, making healthy decisions for yourself is really empowering, you know, from, from anything, from taking out toxic substances to toxic people to toxic relationships, literally you are choosing yourself and your health. And that's really empowering. It's scary as hell, but, (laughs) but it is really, really empowering. Well, I'm so happy that you did that. And I'm so happy that your inner voice is definitely changed. It sounds like you're not um, punishing yourself. I mean, we all punish ourselves to an extent, you know, right? Like every day or a little bit every hour. Um, (laughs) Not multiple hours a night. (laughs) uh, Yeah, but not, you know, to the extent, you know, you're just being kinder to yourself. I think that's the name of the game, right? Like yeah, the inner voice. It's all about self-respect and like believing in myself. And yeah. I just feel that I don't know. I just can do I can do anything. I keep my word to myself. I believe in myself. I trust myself. Yeah. And yeah, I just know that I can do it. And that has helped me like do all these other things in my life too. Where before like every single promise I would break. Like, even if I say I'm going to come home and wash the dishes, like I probably wouldn't. And yeah. I just didn't believe in myself at all. And that added to like all the self-hatred. I just kept letting myself down and now I don't let myself down anymore. Yeah. Mm, I love that. So uh, tell me about your podcast. And I know you like to bring science into the equation of sobriety. What, um, tell me about that. Yeah. So when I stopped drinking, I wanted to understand, like, am I bad? Am I a loser? Do I just have no self-control? Is something wrong with me? And I started trying to learn if that's true or not. So 
I just like read, I've probably read like a thousand papers at this point in 22 months of sobriety. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to learn, like, why does this happen to me? Why didn't this happen to my husband? Yeah. Why did I keep myself up? Why did I have anxiety that now I don't have? Um, Like all that stuff. So I was really motivated to just understand like why me Mm. and like what that meant about me. And yeah, it's just been very freeing because it's not my fault. And it wasn't like that I'm a a weak loser or anything. And then that helped me let go of the shame. So now when I think about humiliating myself on the bus, I just feel sad for that girl. I feel so sad for her. And I don't have to cringe or feel ashamed anymore. Maybe a little bit like embarrassed, but um, I'm just sad for her. Yeah. Because she did the best she could. She didn't understand and. And now I don't have to do that anymore. Now I can go on a bus and get to the final destination. (laughs) Without peeing your pants or without having to hail over, you know, to McDonald's or something. In the bad part of Spain. In the bad part (laughs) of town. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, my God. So just, you know, could you give us a little tip, like little tidbits of like what you have found? You know, what, why you, why not your husband? Like, what is the difference? What, what maybe made you more susceptible to, you know, falling, I don't want to say victim, but like making this, you know, a possibility for you? Yeah. Um, So there's a few things that I like to think about. Alcohol feels amazing for me. Mm. Like alcohol was the best feeling ever. And not everybody feels that way when they drink. Not everybody drinks alcohol and feels as good as I might feel. So my husband, yeah. And there's like, I looked at um, MRI images like from different papers and they can see like a social drinker's brain compared to a problem drinker's brain and they light up differently. Like my brain is much more active and excited by alcohol and it just feels so good for me. And for my husband, it feels fine. It's fine for him. And if it feels like the best thing ever, yeah, you're going to want to do it a lot. Of course. And yeah, um, you want to chase that feeling. Exactly. And for, you know, for some people, they don't process alcohol as well. So like my husband will get very tired when he drinks and he'll start to get a headache. So why would he drink yeah. a lot if he's going to feel that way? I never felt bad while I drank ever. Me neither. Right. So we're going to drink like, more. Yeah. It was like, infi- I was just like, yes, bring it on. Like the adrenaline is kicking in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's how you feel when you drink, how you feel about alcohol. Um, Your trauma can change your brain um, and change like how different things work in your brain. And those can make you more susceptible to developing a problem, Um, like having other mental health issues like depression or anxiety makes you more likely to drink to cope which right. increases the risk. Um, so there's there's like a lot of things that come into play, like genetics, childhood experiences, and and like your current life experience too. Chronic right. stress, like what your job is. Um, like lawyers are very susceptible to developing a problem just because their job is so high stress. And like for me, when I started drinking, 
the culture in like the scientific community is a big drinking culture. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I was doing some other profession, I wouldn't have been exposed to that culture and maybe wouldn't have even felt the need to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually I would have and would have blown up my life anyways, but yeah. <laughs> like for other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of that and how you feel about yourself, like all the shame that I felt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there's multiple, you know, things that contribute to, to this whole kind of picture like, or like, what makes someone like susceptible to um, issues with alcohol. Yeah. And none of it's like strength of character no. or, or willpower. No. Um, there's like all this other background stuff, but right. it doesn't like it can get any type of person. It's not just losers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like really important to like take away those categories, like good and bad, like what is good and bad? I don't think there is anything like good or bad. You know, like I said, we can rationalize and justify anything, you know, in our, in our lives that we want to do. You can, you can rationalize murder, which many moms could, like if you have kids and if someone hit like hurts your kid, of course, a mom could rationalize that, you know? So I don't know, good, good and bad is, I don't think it exists. Like, I think that's the old way of thinking. I think we need to, you know, yeah, it's all about about changing that kind of perspective. Yeah. So the way that I see it now that I've been like educating myself is it's just something like there's, you know, your genetics, there's like, your experiences, your childhood, who your parents are, what you've witnessed, and all of those things either add or subtract to your risk. And your risk is like a bunch of blocks that stack on top of each other. And that's it. It's not like you at all. It's all these different components that increase your risk or decrease your risk. Like for my husband, Alcohol doesn't feel amazing for him. That's a big decrease in risk. He gets really tired when he drinks. That's a huge decrease. But he has other things that increase his risk too. So, yeah, I just see it as like, I don't know, math, math and chance. It's not, it's not the person at all. Interesting. That's such an interesting way to look at it. Thank you. it's, It's more of a mathematical equation. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. Um, Jill, if you have any advice for anyone listening right now who is maybe thinking about getting sober or kind of struggling on their journey, what piece of advice could you offer? I would say if you're trying to get sober, um, get some more support, Mm. try therapy, try some form of a meeting. Um, you know, you could work with a coach, you could be more part of the community, join Facebook groups, like watch Instagram lives with people. But if you're unsure, if you think like you're different from me and you can moderate or something, you're not like me, then I would encourage you to just really look at your drinking for what it actually is, not what you hope that it will become in the future. Like what are the facts and remove good, bad hopes, like subjective opinion. Just look at the facts of your drinking. Like, do you moderate? does, does that actually satisfy you when you drink or do you have to force yourself to stop? Like, just look at it for what it is and take yourself out of it. 
like don't no feelings, nothing, just look at the facts and that Mm -hmm. hopefully will help. That's what helped me at least. Definitely getting out of that fantasy or that, you know, potential, you know, I think we all fall in love. I think we all fall in love with like the potential and the fantasy of like any relationship, right? Yep. Yeah. We get caught up uh, in in the potential and yeah. Yeah. Moderating. uh, (laughs) It's up to you. I I love that advice. I love, that's so awesome. That was really great. Thank you. Angel, where can we find you? Yeah. So I am on YouTube. I have a podcast, Instagram website. It's all sober powered. So if you search for that, you will find me. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jill, for sharing your experience and knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you for having me. How fantastic is Jill? As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave some comments and feedbacks. We love to hear your comments about the podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide. And don't forget about the blog. Head to asobergirlsguide.com for the latest tips and tricks for whatever stage you're at on your journey. From downloadable workbooks, challenges, to sober girl swag, even our Sober Girls Guide certification coaching program. We've got you covered. Head to asobergirlsguide.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.